Stress and anxiety are at all-time crisis levels, especially for our kids. Our kids, our teens, our young adults are experiencing levels of, of stress and anxiety that we've never seen before. And, you know, I could be a, get on a soapbox and say why I think that is. Instead, I really just say, okay, let me teach you some very simple ways to calm anxiety. And like, they are so, so simple. It's like, oh, well, that's too simple to work. And yet it's not. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. For a while now, I have wanted to bring on an expert to talk about anxiety and to provide techniques and simple recommendations on how to decrease that crippling feeling that anxiety brings to our mind and body. Each of us knows many people in our lives who struggle with anxiety disorders, and every single one of us has dealt with anxiety in the past or even present, including Stephanie Delfonso, who is my expert today. Now, she has devoted over 20 years of her life as an anxiety expert, speaker, and author. And her book that we're gonna be talking about today is called Goodbye Anxiety, Hello Freedom. In a world of modern day whirlwinds, anxiety and stress are simply unavoidable. Anxiety is your body's natural response to stress. It's a feeling of fear or apprehension about what's to come. The first day of school, going to a job interview, or giving a speech that may cause most people to feel fearful and nervous. And as we've discovered in the last episode with Shelly, which was episode number 98, stress has become so commonplace that according to the American Psychological Association, 75% of Americans experience it at least once a month. When stress becomes so rampant, our bodies pay the price and it manifests in all sorts of ways from sleeplessness and irritability to digestive distress and reproductive issues. Anxiousness has become the most crippling manifestation of stress and overwhelm. Anxiety threatens our outlook on life, causing many of us to wake up worrying, treading water throughout the day just to keep ourselves above the surface. And it's all interconnected. With stress on the rise, so is anxiety disorders. Anxiety disorders are the most common mental health issue in the United States, with estimated 40 million people in the U.S. alone diagnosed with anxiety disorders yearly, it's quickly becoming a national crisis. Anxiety feels different depending on the person experiencing it. Feelings can range from butterflies in your stomach to a racing heart. You might feel out of control, like there's a disconnect between your mind and body. Other ways people experience anxiety include nightmares, panic attacks, and painful thoughts or memories that you just can't control. You may have a general feeling of fear and worry, or you may fear a specific place or event. Symptoms of general anxiety can include things like increased heart rate, rapid breathing, restlessness, trouble concentrating, and difficulty falling asleep at night. Now your anxiety symptoms may be totally different from someone else's, and recognizing your triggers is an important factor for reducing them very quickly. Now in my interview with Stephanie, we are not only gonna talk about reducing symptoms, but we also wanna explore how to actually say goodbye to anxiety for good. But before we jump into this very powerful and I think very timely interview, 
I wanna take a moment because you know how much I love celebrating you and celebrating your wins because your wins matter and they deserve to be celebrated. Now, one particular healing rock star is Tracy Timmons, and I'm excited to shout out her win that she just shared on Instagram a couple weeks ago. I've been dying to share this particular win because I think it is so powerful about what's going on for us today. Here's what Tracy had to say. All my life, I had no idea that I had any control of my health, and I never thought it was easy to fix my health issues. I was always led to believe that it was too complicated and it wasn't my fault, so there was nothing I could do. I was on three medications by the time I was 50, and that scared me. This podcast has opened the door for something possible. I have implemented so many suggestions, and I've turned my diet completely around. I'm currently only on one medication, and I'm working towards zero. Thank you so much, Dr. Marisa, and all the doctors interviewed on this show. Well, Tracy, thank you so much for sharing your win. And I'm so glad that you are loving these episodes here on the Essentially You podcast. Not only do I want to say congratulations on that next step on your healing journey to those zero medications, if it's the right thing for you, I'm holding space for your continued healing miracles. But if you are listening, Tracy, I would love to gift you one of my favorite blends that I know would really serve you. It is my Superwoman blend. Just reach out to me on Facebook or even on Instagram. And by the way, Insta is where I love to play. You guys can find me at Dr. Marisa. That's D-R-M-A-R-I-Z-A. Now, if you are listening today, you know how much I love to shout you out. So you can reach out to me via Insta, Facebook, or simply review this podcast on iTunes or whatever platform that you love to plug into. That way I can continue to support more women who are ready to become the CEO of their health like Tracy and so many other women I get to showcase here on this show. Well, let's dive into this incredible conversation with Stephanie. But before I do that, I want to quickly sing her praises. Stephanie empowers women to say goodbye to anxiety, hello freedom. She has been speaking on the radio and on stages since the 1980s. Her first career was as Stevie Knox, a popular radio DJ. After her last radio job, her anxiety kicked into overdrive and into a full-blown insomnia. She began researching holistic approaches to anxiety. Over 20 years later, Stephanie is an anxiety expert, author, and coach sharing inspirational empowerment with simple action steps. She has freed thousands of people from tweens to 82 from their anxiety, stress, and fears. Well, let's get this conversation started. Welcome to the Essentially You podcast, Stephanie Delfonso. How are you doing today, girl? I am fabulous. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you, Dr. Marisa. Me too. I have been looking forward to this conversation since the moment we connected to get this interview on the books, because this is an area of focus that my audience and my listeners are really trying to tap into. And that is learning how to not just cope or manage anxiety, but to truly say goodbye to anxiety for good. I don't know about you, but I... I know so many women who are looking for just that. So tell me a little bit about, Stephanie, tell me a little bit about your journey and why this became such a big, big part of your life and your focus. Thanks for asking that. Um, It's actually out of self-preservation because a little over 20 years ago, I developed in debilitating insomnia. And anyone who has ever experienced it knows that is just 
oh, it's horrendous. And so I did what most people would do. And I went to the doctor and got a prescription and it worked for a short time. And then it didn't work anymore. And things got worse and worse and worse. And up until this point, I was in my mid thirties at this point, up until this point in time, I did not know that I had been struggling with anxiety my entire life because that's all I ever knew. All I ever knew was, you know, the, oh my gosh, what if, what if, what if the, you know, the, 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 that's all I ever knew. So when I had the, you know, it's a close cousin, insomnia and anxiety are, you know, hand in hand. So when the medication failed me, I realized it was just a Band-Aid and I needed to find out, you know, what is this thing called anxiety and how do I heal from it naturally, holistically? So I started researching and this was back in the mid nineties. So there was no Google yet. The internet was brand new. So I was doing old school and going to the library and checking out every book and magazine and cassette tape that I could to start learning ways for me to not just manage or cope with it, but to truly get free of it. And so I've spent over 20 years researching all these different holistic and many scientifically proven approaches. And when people say, what do you mean? You know, you can overcome anxiety. It doesn't mean, Dr. Marisa, it doesn't mean that I don't ever feel anxious sometimes. It means that I'm prepared. I know if anxious feelings start coming up, I know I can simply do this technique or that technique or, or help get some help from essential oils and calm it back down. The thing that most people don't understand is I liken it to us brushing our teeth. Hopefully, everybody who's listening can raise their hand and say, yes, I brush my teeth every day. We brush our teeth to prevent the buildup of plaque and tartar. So when we empty our stress bucket on a regular basis, every day doing these little simple, like profoundly simple techniques to empty out the stress bucket, then it's not getting to insomnia and panic attacks and overwhelm. One of the things that you mentioned, you know, you're talking about insomnia and, and that connection to anxiety. And I also have a feeling you have seen a lot of how stress contributes to anxiety or even how worry contributes to stress that can contribute to anxiety. Can you speak to a lot of what you're seeing today in how we're living, how we're operating and how that's impacting our anxiety levels? Stress and anxiety are at all-time crisis levels, especially for our kids. Our kids, our teens, our young adults are experiencing levels of, of stress and anxiety that we've never seen before. And, you know, I could be a, get on a soapbox and say why I think that is. Instead, I really just say, okay, let me teach you some very simple ways to calm anxiety. And like, they are so, so simple. It's like, oh, well, that's too simple to work. And yet it's not. The key is preparing, doing it on a daily basis. So if we, you know, just wait until like things are ah, through the roof, it's really hard to say, oh, you know what? I can do this very easy breath technique. But when we do it on a regular basis, we're building up healthy new habits. So I would assume that there's a lot of young moms listening right now and anxious mothers have anxious kids. So as we, hopefully I can share some of the techniques, you know, so simple today in our conversation, Dr. Marisa, I would ask young moms to put your oxygen mask on first and start playing with these techniques for yourself. And then when that's become a healthy habit for you, then share it with your kids. Mm, I love that. I think that's such a great idea. 
my kids are grown and flown now. And when my kids were little, you know, all the focus was on them and putting, you know, taking care of them and putting them first. And as a wise woman now, I can see that, wow, you know, it, it works better when I put my oxygen mask on first. They even tell us that on the airplane. Every time you get on an airplane, they say, if the oxygen mask comes down, place it on yourself first, then help others. Absolutely. Yeah. And I find that to be such the case with women in particular is that we are, we're, you know, there's so much going on. We're taking care of so many people. We're rushing from one thing to the next. You know, I, I, one of my, a good colleague friend of mine, Dr. Libby Weaver talks about rushing women's syndrome and Ooh. how we're rushing from one thing to the next. And there's a, there's biological systems that shift when we are running from one thing to the next. And I remember, you know, many years ago when I was operating at that capacity, I would be running off to something or racing off to something and didn't even necessarily have to be there at that particular time. Like just, it was ingrained in me to just go from one thing to the next. And I didn't know if that's what you would see a lot as well is just that constant racing and running and not really focusing on what's going on with you and your body and then finally kind of burning into the ground. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like we're on like hamsters on a wheel, just going rush, 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 rush. I love that rushing woman syndrome. And one of the key things that I see, not just in my life, but you know, with all the, the people that I've worked with is when we get present even if it's just getting present. And I, I love to say, just stop for 10 seconds. And I won't do that to you, Mar Maurice, Dr. Marisa, because you, know, it, you hear, oh, it's dead air. But when we stop for 10 seconds, and it's really hard. I mean, you stop and you think, one, 1,000, two, 1,000. For a lot of people, that's very uncomfortable. And yet, if you do that interspersed at different points through the day, you are breaking state, you're breaking the pattern of that rush, 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 rush. Oh, stop for 10 seconds. It gives your body a chance to reset. I love that. Kind of how I think about it is being, I don't know if you remember being a kid on the little miracle-round at uh -huh. the little playground. And you know, you could get it to spin really, really fast and almost really kind of scary. And I always think about like something like that as a stress disruptor, as you just hopping off the miracle-round. Yeah, for 10 seconds, you know, because if I said, all right, the key to overcoming anxiety is meditate 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night, people would tune out immediately. It's like, I don't have, I, I don't have that kind of time. Do you have 10 seconds? Oh, well, yeah, I can do that. There you go. And if you can buddy up with a friend who also listens to this podcast, it would be great for the next seven days. Commit to taking 10 second breaks throughout the day, say at least seven to 10 times a day, and then check in with each other each day to make sure you're doing it. And at the end of seven days, check in and notice how you're going to feel less stress. You're going to feel more balanced. Hmm, I love it. And I always tell people, because so often women don't even realize that they're overwhelmed until they're like tipping that tipping point. And if you're not aware of that, I always tell people to set their alarms, you know, five to seven to 10 times a day where they take that break. And yes. I do always recommend having an oil. Those chemical constituents can definitely break the cycle too in that combination. And that way you, you are set up for success. You don't even have to think about it because so often we don't think about being overwhelmed. We don't think about being stressed or think about worrying. We're just kind of doing it. And right. we don't even realize that we're not even taking those breaks throughout the day. Right. We're not an active participant in our own well-being. Mm -hmm. And the oils, I, you know, I am from the rooftops 
sharing about oils because of what they've done for me, right? They are a daily part of my life in supporting my well-being. And I do these other techniques as well. It's mm-hmm. a question of, we, we could all agree, we can't control what goes on around us. What we can control is whether we react or respond to it. And when we take that moment, there's um, just a little split second after something happens, after there's an experience, we have a split second. And in that split second is where our power lies. Do we choose to react as we always have, or do we choose to respond in a new and healthy way? And once we start building up that new habit and supporting with the oils on a daily basis, that's so easy. You know, I get up in the morning and the doTERRA cheer blend is one of my like absolutes. I have to have that. I I use it several times every single day because it supports me. So adding in, oh, I can do this breath technique. Great. I can stop for 10 seconds. There, when we have these little simple ways, then we're not that rushing woman. Like that was me. You know, I, I was not aware that I was completely overwhelmed until this insomnia hit me. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. That's, that's kind of that big wake up call for sure. And that's something to be mindful of too. If there are, if you are listening and you're dealing with insomnia, worth looking into what is, what is driving that insomnia? What's driving that, that mental chatter, that racing mind. Now, one of the things that you said, you know, people turning off when you say 20 minutes of meditation in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon, and people were just like, Nope, I can't, I do not have time for that. Right. But you also speak to mindfulness. Can you tell me a little bit about the difference between the two and how they can play? Well, I, we all know that meditation is lovely and wonderful and, I'm, and I think it's great. If you've got the time and you can do it, go get it. A good dear friend of mine, Emily Fletcher from Ziva Meditation, one of my favorite types of meditation to do. But mindfulness is a little bit different and that's something we really want to cue in on here. And it doesn't take a lot of time. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. And, and meditation, when people think, oh, meditation, most people do think, oh, that's like 20 minutes. I can't do that. You can meditate for one minute. You can meditate for 30 seconds. When I was doing my yoga teacher training, I'm a certified yoga teacher, and I said to my mentor, I was like, you know, when am I ever going to get this thing called meditation? And she goes, oh, dear, you're just looking for that eight seconds of bliss, that it's not that you have to spend 20 minutes of empty your mind of thoughts, empty your mind of thoughts. The more you say that, the more, for me, thoughts come racing in. The key is to notice them and without attachment, let them go and bring your awareness back to your breath or your mantra. Mindfulness is just taking breaks to be mindful of this present moment. So one of the techniques in my book is what's right right now? Because when you, oh, all right, what's right right now? Instead of looking for everything that's wrong or everything you've got to do and blah, 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 what's right right now? Oh, what's right right now is I'm alive. I'm healthy. I'm breathing. I'm having this wonderful conversation with you. I am seeing spring growing and blossoming outside my window. So taking moments. And at first, you know, you have to train yourself. If this isn't something that comes naturally to you or is already a habit for you, then yeah, it's going to take a little awareness. But oh, look at that beautiful sunset. Look at that little plant 
coming up from the ground. Look at the shade of the water. It's simply, you know, even if you're doing the dishes, noticing, oh, look at how the bubbles are kind of shimmery. I like that. Just being back to present, having those types of things. I think, you know, I think the feeling of anxiety or the feeling of worry or overwhelm is, it feels like the opposite of that, right? Where everything's just kind of racing and just bringing yourself back where you can just be mindful. doesn't take any time at all. And I, and that's what we need. We, we, we need a type of technique that doesn't feel like it's going to disrupt our day, but also feels like it's going to get us back to a space of, of reset so that we're able to do what we got to do. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. One of the things that you, I know that you kind of study, you looked at is the way that our brain can change to overcome anxiety. How is that? Is it through mindfulness? Is it something that we're doing in order to shift our chemistry there? Yes. And I, you know, back when I started my research, there really wasn't an awful lot of research for me to be able to point to and say, oh, look at this. And now, you know, in the past 20 years, there's been so much research showing that, you know, we used to think that our our brains were fixed. You know, we became adults and then that was it. There was, you know, no more change in the brain. And now they've shown that our brains are malleable, that we can change them. And so we can change these, uh, they say the neurons that wire together, fire together. So we have an experience and every time, you know, it sets off these, you know, pattern of neurons that, you know, all go at the same time. The next time we have a similar experience, that same group of neurons goes and again and again and again and again. And so they used to think that, well, that was just all right, you know, that's now the pattern. But now they they have absolutely shown with scans and fMRIs and all kinds of technical equipment, they've shown that we can actually change that. It is changing which neurons are going to fire together. So again, it's that that habitual reaction. And then when we start changing that and choosing to make it a response instead, aha, then we start to have different neurons that are firing together. And so again, like any habit, you know, at first it takes effort, it takes conscious effort, but after only a short while, it can be like, oh, this is now how I just naturally am. And so many times I've had clients who they don't even realize on a conscious level the the magnitude of the changes that they've made because it just feels so natural now and they don't really remember, you know, being on that hamster wheel and it's like, oh, this just feels so natural now. I kind of forgot that. Mm, that makes so much sense. And it's just a matter of shifting that neuroplasticity. So rerouting those patterns. So as we become more mindful, we can begin to create patterns where our brain responds in a different way. Yes. Yes. And yet, you know, we also have to look at the healing work because you are looking at the deep healing with the hormones, right? That it's not just putting a band-aid on things. We're going into, okay, let's get into the deep healing with yes. our hormones, right? Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's very much like getting to the core root. We call it root cause medicine, right? We're, okay. we're looking and figuring out what is really happening in the body. Excellent. Excellent. And so 
I am looking for the root cause of what has transpired in someone's, most of the time, it's childhood. There was an incredible research study that was done in the late 90s, but didn't really come to light until the last several years. And it's the Adverse Childhood Experiences, or ACEs, study. And it was a huge, 17,000 adults. It was done by the Centers for Disease Control and Kaiser Permanente. And they asked 10 questions. Did this happen when you were a child before the age of 18? They were asking about emotional abuse, physical, sexual abuse, loss of a parent through death or divorce or incarceration. 10 simple questions. And they found this astounding correlation that the higher you scored on this, you don't want to score high on this. It's like one time you don't want to score high on a quiz. The higher you score on this, the greater the likelihood that as an adult, you're going to have physical or emotional dis-ease, obesity, diabetes, depression, suicide attempts, heart disease, like this direct correlation. So if your listeners are, are saying, well, what is this ACEs study? You can Google it. Just Google A-C-E-S, ACEs study, and take the quiz. And if you score four or more, definitely please start doing the things that we're talking about today and yet also get help. Because, you know, I've worked with so many people on my own stuff. I scored really high on the ACEs quiz but I couldn't heal my root causes. I had to have other people help me. So this study was just so fascinating. And you're in, in California. California now has their own Surgeon General. It's the first one ever. Her name is Dr. Nadine Burke Harris, and she is an amazing woman. And she is really championing this whole ACEs of childhood trauma, how what happens in childhood doesn't stay in childhood. Agreed. And, you know, a big part of that is, you know, we think about the way that the brain works and, you know, a lot of it, I always talk to my audience about how we're hardwired for survival. And one of the reasons why we hold on to trauma, we hold on to stress and emotional distress is that it's, it's through some of those patterns that we were talking about that we do have the ability to heal and shift. But our body and our brain, its number one mode of operation is to keep us and protect us. So we hold on to those things just to make sure we don't have it happen again. But it ends up having this, this really profound impact on us even as we get older. It's so interesting how that happens. You know, what I consider to be one of the root causes of disease today in the modern world is stress and trauma. And that can lead to a host of other physiological chronic diseases over time. Yes, we need to have that fight or flight syndrome, but yes. the way we are operating now, we are, it's like we have our, our foot on the gas and we are never letting up on it. And so we're you're slamming our, our stress hormones over and over and over again. And so we need to take those breaks. Yes, if we're going to step off the curb and, and there's a, a taxi flying down the street, you want to be able to jump back. But when you are constantly hitting that fight or flight over and over and over again, it's going to have horrible consequences. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. I have a whole book on the topic. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about the trauma that we hold on to as children, or maybe even the stressors or their concerns, and that they, they continue into our adult years and have a profound impact there, not only on a 
kind of an emotional level, but also on a chemical level, we don't even see that. But tell me a little bit about what's going on with the level of anxiety in children and are parents playing a role there? Who's, where, how is this happening? Is it social media? Is it the lack of social connection? You know, what are some of the things that you're seeing here? I really think the technology has a huge, huge piece of this. Diane Sawyer recently did a two-hour special on, uh, I think it was called Screen Time. And I'm like the grandma in the room. My daughter's turning 30 in a few days. And back when she was four years old, so this is 26 years ago, the neighbor boy down the street had one of the first handheld video games. And he's off in the corner playing with that while all the other kids were over there playing. And I was like, this is not good. So I have watched this progression and it is absolutely frightening that I was in a um, mindfulness in America conference with all these mindfulness experts and technology experts. And Tony Fidel was there. He is the man who invented the iPod and he was involved in the first three generations of the iPhone. And he talked about how these devices are intentionally addictive that, you know, all those notifications that we have on our phones, they're giving us a dopamine hit every time we hear it, right? Ooh, dopamine hit. Well, what happens when you get more dopamine hits? You want more dopamine hits. So they employ, you know, people who are creating these these programs and these apps and these I games. believe they call them addiction specialists. Yes, yes. <laughs> I yes. think they're called, technically they're called retention specialists, but they should be called addiction specialists. Yes, because it, it is totally intentional. Mm-hmm. And what's, what was so interesting when I heard Tony Fidel talking about this, again, I'm in this Mindfulness in America conference, and you know, I don't know how many thousand people were in the theater that we were in. And I was like, wow, I have a very different relationship with my phone than anybody else in here. My phone makes one sound and one sound only, and it's a little Zen bell chime, ding if somebody's actually calling to talk to me on the phone. Other than that, I don't have any of those notifications. I agree. I think that's huge. Were there any big alarming moments from that conversation? I mean, it's no, it's no surprise that video games and things like Candy Crush or even just the phone going off like Instagram, you know, I was in the, a room with, I was learning about persuasion. And uh, there's a gentleman who who had worked with a lot of, initially had worked with a lot of retention specialists in how, you know, how many psychologists and people they come in to figure out how to keep people on their phones, how to keep them in there. And one of the things he said, you know, it's don't be mad at your kids for being on Instagram, you know, try to figure out why Instagram has a way of getting your kids attention over you. Right. And it was so crazy, you know, this idea. And, and we were just having this conversation. I was, I was at an event with a lot of other practitioners and how we were just talking about kids and what it was like when we were kids and the kind of trouble we were getting into as teenagers. And one of the stats is that kids aren't even kind of getting into trouble anymore. They're not going out and drinking or maybe driving cars when they shouldn't be or whatever it is because they're on their phones. And they feel like they're getting that social interaction through their phones and it's creating so much isolation. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Exactly. Well, and you want to hear the thing that alarmed me, I think the most, and when I share this with other people, they too have this, oh my God moment is when Tony Fidel talking about how these are intentionally addictive. And you know, when you swipe down on your phone, Mm -hmm. it mimics 
the one-armed bandit on the slot machines. Oh, huh. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. And so again, it's the dopamine, you know, Ooh, oh, I want more. I want more. I want more. And so we need to be taking these breaks. We need to, you know, again, one of the things in my book is take a digital time out and people have a hard time with that. I remember asking a client to take seven days and turn off all her notifications just for seven days, unless somebody was actually calling her. And she was like, I, 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 I honestly can't do that. And I said, okay, can we do three? And she said, all right, all right. But that's, that's a real addiction. If you can't take seven days turning your notifications off, wow, that's a lot. So if you can't do seven days, if you can't do three days, could you do a couple of hours? And just notice, again, if you have young kids, what if you turn your phone off and just got present with your kids? This was, again, in the Diane Sawyer special. They were showing how they had the moms intentionally, okay, don't pay attention to your kid. Just pay attention to your phone. And no matter what they do, don't pay attention to the kid. And it was shocking. Mm, I bet. Oh, my goodness. That's, that's so interesting. Another point that I want to make is to start paying attention to our thoughts because we have like 60,000 thoughts a day and about 57,000 of them are the same thoughts as yesterday. Whoa. Interesting. So what if you started paying attention to your thoughts and started shifting them where it's, oh, I've got to do, I've got to, I've got to oh, okay. If I want to, if I really want to, I could choose to blah, blah, blah. I like that. So yeah, just being more mindful about the types of things that you're saying to yourself. Right. Because I think, oh, I think everybody listening would agree that we all have this inner voice that says things to ourselves that we would never say to another human being. And it's usually not very nice. And somehow that's okay. If another person said the things that we say to ourselves, we wouldn't be friends with them anymore. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Absolutely. I love these techniques. Stephanie, Annie, is there any, is there any other technique that you'd love to share with us? I know that you've got so many inside of your book, Goodbye Anxiety, Hello Freedom. Is there anything else that you find that, that really just moved the needle for you? Yes. I would love to just share a couple of simple breath techniques. And I love breath techniques because our breath is always with us. And when we are focusing on our breath, we're getting into the present moment. So if you're not driving, close your eyes. If you're driving, still do this, but just keep aware of what you're doing and simply bring your awareness to your breath and think, I'm breathing in. I'm breathing out. I'm breathing in. I'm breathing out. I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. And just that short little interlude totally got you to disconnect from whatever else was just going on. This is why I I say these are so simple and sometimes like, oh, it's so simple. How does that possibly work? But they're simply profound. That's so, yes, simply profound. Yeah. And it's like so simple, right? Oh, I can stop and pay attention to my breath. Uh, Another technique is crossing the midline. And if we were in person or we were on video, I would uh, be tossing a tennis ball from one hand to the other and crossing the midline of my body. Most people don't carry around a tennis ball. So I would ask you, and Dr. Marisa, if you would do it with me now, just um, 
put your hands together in front of your heart and then swing one hand out to the side, back together, the other hand out to the side, back together, out to the side, back together, out to the side. And as you keep doing that, I'll explain what this is. Like, okay, what is this? Why would this work? It's because we're crossing the midline of the body. And so we're balancing both the left and the right sides of the brain, which in turn is stimulating the vagus nerve, which is the longest nerve in the body. It runs from our brain all the way down to our abdomen and wraps around all of our internal organs, stimulating the parasympathetic or rest and digest nervous system. So funny story, when, when my son was graduating from high school, I was really feeling anxious that day. And I wanted to make sure I got the seat that I wanted. So I got there like two hours early and we're on the metal bleachers at the high school. And instead of bringing a tennis ball, I brought a lacrosse ball, one of my son's lacrosse balls, which is a very thick, dense rubber ball. So I'm tossing the ball back and forth, back and forth and dropped it thud, thud, thud down the metal bleachers. I'd go down, pick it up, go back up there, back and forth, back and forth, thud, thud, thud. So I wouldn't recommend you do this with something like a lacrosse ball, certainly not your phone, but you could do it with a water bottle or your keys or simply do your hands. This is where like, wow, really? I can, I can bring calm that easily? Yes, you can. I love that. I love that technique. I think that's all of these are so wonderful and so easy. And it's tied into that mindfulness, which I think is so, so important. Tell us a little bit more about your book. My book is, I'm so proud of it. I, I've got to say, I'm, I'm just really proud of it. It birthed out of me. And it is a cul culmination of over 20 years of research. And I'm not done. I still, you know, every day I'm looking for, you know, ways to, to learn more. It's a very thin book. Because somebody recommended get this book, maybe give you some ideas when I was doing the research to actually write the book. And it was 400 pages. If you're anxious, a 400-page book is only going to accelerate that, that anxiety. So my book is very thin, and it's very thin for a reason. It's got two short chapters at the beginning to kind of set the stage. And then there are 35 different techniques, and they're in alphabetical order for a reason. Because even though the book is only just over 100 pages, I don't want you to even feel like you have to read that whole thing. If you read the first two short chapters, and then you peruse the table of contents and like, oh, ball toss, what is that? Oh, okay. Just peruse, find three or four of the techniques and begin to weave them into every single day. That is truly how you get to the other side of it. One more thing I really want to make sure and get into is gratitude. That you know, the, the breath work, and for me, gratitude is a game changer because, again, you know, we've, we've got those same thoughts every day, and and a lot of them are negative. In gratitude, we're training our brain to look for the positive, and so interesting that Wellbutrin produces dopamine, Prozac produces serotonin. Guess what triggers both without any nasty side effects? Gratitude. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I love that. <laughs> that is perfect. And do you recommend, Stephanie, gratitude in the morning? Do you like it during the day, morning, day, and night? Is there a good time? I know for me, I usually recommend my listeners in the morning to set the tone for their day. Exactly. And, not but, and, 
throughout every day, right? So how we start the day is really, it's that foundation. How's the rest of the day going to go? I had a client years ago, I had a hypnosis practice and he was recommended a referral from his psychiatrist. And one of the issues he had was insomnia, which I, I well know. And the thing about insomnia is it doesn't start when you put your head down on the pillow. It starts with how you wake up. So I asked this client, you know, how do you wake up in the morning? Well, I open my eyes. Okay. Um, do you use an alarm? Oh, I do. And what, what is that? An alarm clock or, oh no, it's on my phone. I said, great. Uh, could you play it for me? And it was this, wow. Wah, wah. like an alarm on a ship would be. The worst. Yeah. Right. So he shocked, he was shocking his system first thing in the morning. So I like to, to invite people and I invite your listeners to think about before your feet even hit the floor, think about three things that you're grateful for. I like to say, thank you, thank you, thank you, because it amplifies the gratitude, right? Thank you, thank you, thank you. And some mornings, you might have a morning when it's like, I just can't think of anything to be thankful for. I am grateful I remembered to brush my teeth last night. I'm grateful to wake up in my own bed, in my own home. It doesn't have to be, I'm grateful that I won the lottery. You know, some days we have really tough days, but we can always find something. We want to train our brains to look for the positive. I love it. Well, Stephanie, honey, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your brilliance. Where else can we plug in to find you besides getting this book? Okay. Oh, and can I just say real quick, I have a charitable initiative with the book. For every book sold, I donate a book to a school or organization that teaches these skills to kids, teens, and young adults because I want to help with this crisis. So you can get the book on Amazon and know that you're not just doing good for you, you're doing good for some children as well. You can find me at stephaniedelfonso.com. You can go to my website and download five of the techniques from the book for free. Hopefully you'll put the spelling of my name in the show notes and I'm all over social media. Awesome. Perfect. And all those things will definitely be in the show notes, the link to the book, the link to find you, everything will be there as well. And thank you once again, thank you so much for coming on and not only sharing all these wonderful little techniques, but also your expertise in this wonder, well, in this topic that I know is, is becoming a major concern for so many of us. Yes. Thank you so much for an absolutely fabulous conversation, Dr. Marisa. Yes, you too. One of the most powerful statements Stephanie made to me was this, anxiety doesn't have to be a life sentence. And I 100% agree. We have the ability to heal and I believe that we are ripe for healing miracles, mainly because I know that we can change our emotions, our chemistry and our stories. I realize that people change when they start telling a different story about themselves. For example, instead of saying something like, change is hard and stressful and overwhelming, what if instead we said, I embrace change with joy and ease? With more feelings of joy, there is less room for stress, overwhelm, and anxiety. And that's why I want to invite you to check out Stephanie's book and get her five free techniques. I also want to have you invite somebody to listen in on this episode today. I think that Stephanie is an incredible inspiration and she has such a powerful and positive outlook around anxiety, particularly around saying goodbye to anxiety. This show may open the door for them to heal their anxiety for good. 
Now the book that she is giving away in the show notes is Goodbye Anxiety, Hello Freedom. And you'll find that for episode 99 in the show notes, or you can go to drmarisa.com slash episode 99. That is where you can grab it. I just want to say thank you so much for stopping by and listening to the Essentially You podcast on the next episode, which by the way, is episode number 100. I am jumping on to share why food is key to balancing your hormones because yes, it is plus how to treat key nutrient deficiencies. I'm gonna be breaking down some really important information about food and how we can get our bodies back on track using powerful nutrition and dealing with some of the most common nutrient deficiencies that are impacting our hormones today. So you're gonna wanna listen in on episode 100. In the meantime, definitely go and grab Stephanie's book and have an amazing day. 